1: When you're buying a stock, you're really buying a company. And I think it's the coolest thing that average people can just go ahead. You might not be great at building a business, but you could buy a company and get a ownership in some of the best companies in the world for a very low cost. Hi, and welcome back to Stocks for Beginners. I'm Phil Muscatello. Today,
0: my guest is Casey Stubbs, the founder of Trading Strategy Guides, the author of The Ultimate Harmonic Pattern Strategy Book. A fellow podcaster from the How to Trade It podcast, an army veteran, and the father of nine children. Where do you find time for all of this, Casey?
1: Ah, uh, well, I have to be really disciplined with my time. That's the key.
0: <laughs> that's the real. That's the secret, isn't it? So, Casey, your ultimate goal is to help people from all walks of life to achieve financial freedom, and um, you're very open about talking about your past and some of the failures and mistakes that you've. That you've made. Can we start off by um, hearing about when you were broke?
1: Well, Phil, uh, I started out broke. That was when I got out of high school back in 1995. I didn't have any any money at all, and uh, didn't know what to do with my life. So I joined the army, and uh, believe it or not, that's where I learned to start investing. Uh, I had a little bit of training from my dad. Uh, before that, and I just started to research. And while I was in the army, I was learning about the stock market.
0: Is it something that you just did on the side while you're in the the army? I, I guess there's no programs, no training in the army for
1: um, for that. Yeah, that's exactly how it worked. They don't teach you that. They really don't teach much about stocks or money management in school here, or they don't really teach it much in the military. They didn't teach any of that kind of stuff. So it was all on my own, and uh, probably the the Best foundational thing I can tell people even before they get into the market is that just watch your money very closely, keep a spreadsheet, track all of your expenses, and then try to find a way to make your money work for you. Because if you realize that money is just a tool, uh, then you can save it and then use it to your advantage.
0: It's a real issue and a real problem, isn't it that um you know we learn things like the periodic table and in, uh, in high school, um and then you sort of forget about that after that and you never have to use it again in life, but uh lessons for how to treat your money are completely ignored
1: yeah, that is one of the things, and that's one of the reasons I didn't know it at the time, but I hated school, I used to uh call it prison because I like to learn, I'm not against learning, but the stuff they were teaching me I wasn't too happy about. But in the in the end, I guess it is kind of good for it teaches you how to have a routine and you know finish things through to the end. Those types of things are still really important. But I think they could stand to improve the curriculum a little bit.
0: Well, you've got a lot of kids, so you've got a lot of experience there. Do you find that um, you're having to teach your kids about uh, money from an early age because they're not getting it from school?
1: Well, actually. Uh, the reason is not because they're not getting it from school but because I love what I've learned about money and how to use it as a tool. So I'm, I'm excited to teach that to my kids. And so I teach them from a very young age, and I actually call my kids future millionaires not because of me giving them a lot of money. Uh, but because I'm teaching them how to handle it on their own. Uh, An example is my son, he's 14 right now, so he does uh, chores and does work for me, and I automatically make him give away 10%, and he has to invest 30%. And so I tell him, I said, look, you're doing this right now. He does the research on the stocks. We do it together, and I said, you're doing this right now, but by the time you're ready to move out, you're going to have a really good foundation to work from.
0: That's great. So tell us about some of your early mistakes when you first started investing. What were some of the lessons that you learned there?
1: So uh, my personality is kind of my biggest strength, but it's also my biggest weakness. And so uh, I tend to like to jump in with both two feet and I am a big time risk taker. So I had a tendency just to go all in on stuff and uh didn't necessarily really look at the track record so just taking a lot of extreme risks not really doing my research and working really hard to save my money and then losing it all uh, is quite a painful experience to go through but through that through a few slaps in the face a few times you learn the hard way well,
0: I think some people do learn that, that way, but other people sort of um, have those kind of experiences and then they uh, think, oh, well, you know, you just lose money in the stock market and then waste a lot of years avoiding it.
1: Right. I had some really early success and so that kind of saved me from just giving up because I thought, you know what, if I did it once, I can do it again. I just got to figure out what I was doing. So because I had early success, that motivated me I, and I saw some people doing it. And I'm like, okay yeah, I messed up, but I know that it can be done. And so I just kept coming back at it, back at it. So tell
0: us about that, um, what was happening when you were making some early mistakes and taking large risks. Can you just um, focus in a little bit on the process about what you went through and some of those lessons that you learned?
1: Uh, Well, sure. And I know that this is tailored to beginners, so I don't want to go into too much detail because I got away from the foundational type of investing which is purchasing in stocks and I went to more advanced stuff which is options trading and when you trade in options you actually are risking a hundred percent of the investment whereas when you trade in stock you will always own those shares but an option expires worthless if it doesn't hit the price in a specific time and so the specific trades were large options trades that ended up expiring worthless and losing hundred percent of my investment.
0: Well, that's a great lesson for beginners, though, that there are some products out there and I put in CFDs and um, other products like that that beginners should avoid, like the plague.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and options is definitely one of them. I think they're a great tool, but you really got to learn the foundational stuff first.
0: So how should people start
1: educating themselves before they start investing? When you're doing stock investing, the foundations is really important. And uh, it's just like anything else. I look at it as if you're building a house, you have to build your foundation or the whole thing's going to collapse. So getting some basic knowledge about the markets and understanding of when you're buying a stock, you're really buying a company. And I think it's the coolest thing that average people can just go ahead. You might not be great at building a business because that's a lot of hard work, but you could buy a company and get a, ownership in some of the best companies in the world for a very low cost. So the key thing is to do your research on the companies you're buying. Find out as much as you can about those companies and you know, look at their growth rates, look at their revenue, look at their leadership, look at the products, become familiar with the, what they do. And if you do that, you're going to have a really good head start in your investing.
0: It can seem daunting, though, for people new to the stock market because there's so much information available. It's like an avalanche, really, isn't it? But it's really just focusing on simple things like um, the balance sheet and the actual numbers that the company are producing,
1: isn't it? I agree with that. And, you know, that's why I say to you do stuff that you're familiar with, you know, companies that you really love the product and you uh, can really be a, a good advocate for them. And so you really understand it better, and it makes it easier for you to make that connection.
0: I find as well, a lot of people, they come to the stock market because um, of the you know, what's been happening recently with the gamification of trading, and that they're looking at um, just ticker codes. And they don't really have an understanding that underneath that is an actual living, breathing company.
1: That's true. And trading is a real thing where you just look at the ticker and you look at like a chart pattern. Like people can do that really well, uh, but that's more of a really advanced stage. Uh, But the foundational stuff is not all that much to know, but it's important because that's what will really drive it up long-term because that foundational information We'll drive it up. And I have a really cool method that I use, and it's so simple. It's a two-point methodology that I use. And if you follow this methodology, I think you'll do really well in finding great companies to invest in. So rule number one is you find a growing industry. Right, and so and it doesn't have to be new, but it has to be growing. Uh, Sometimes the industries are new. Like a, a perfect example would be the electric vehicle industry. That's a new industry. It looks like it has a lot of upside. It's just getting started. It could be like the internet 25 years ago. So rule number one is find a growing industry, and rule number two is then pick the leader in that industry. Usually, there's all kinds of people that will follow, companies that will follow, but in the end of the day there's usually only one real winner. And so if you ride the winner of a growing industry, you follow those two things, you can do really well with your investing.
0: Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com
1: slash boast.
0: You would obviously have um, many new investors and traders coming to you and um, talking about uh, their situation. What are some of the, um, the bad habits and ideas that you've seen in new investors that we can chat about by way of warning for new investors?
1: Well, the one is having a very short-term horizon They come in and they don't understand that it takes quite a bit of time to be successful. And so they're trying to take higher risks because they're so short-term focused. They're trying to make their fortune in a very short period of time.
0: Yeah, it's like they've heard about some hot stock at the barbecue or some friends told them about all the money that they've made on some particular hot stock. And they think, well, I can do that too, can't I?
1: Right, like right now in the news there, everybody's talking about GameStop and how certain people have made millions and millions of dollars with that and everybody then jumps on board.
0: Yeah, that's a speculative frenzy and people don't understand that there have been speculative frenzies for hundreds of years in stock markets.
1: Yeah, this is nothing new. I was actually just reading this morning about a uh, short squeeze that happened in Northern Pacific Railroad back in 1901. It was almost the exact same thing and it was 120 years ago.
0: (laughs) Nothing changes, does it? Yeah. So tell us about risk reduction. That's another thing. What sort of um, strategies that can um, investors put in place to minimize their risk of losing
1: money? Well, I think the best way to do it with stock trading and investing is to diversify your portfolio with different industries. So the way that I like to do it, as I, as I mentioned earlier, is I pick a growing industry and then I pick the best one in that industry. So one way to diversify is to make sure that you have all of your industries covered. So you break up your total portfolio into about 20 different areas And then that way, if one is going down, you can still make gains in the other ones. And another way to do it is to buy what they call ETFs. And an ETF is an index of a grouping of all of the stocks in a specific industry, such as like you could get the healthcare industry. They create an ETF, which has all of the stocks in that industry. That way, if the one you pick doesn't do good, but the industry still does good, you're still able to make money that way.
0: Yep. Can I just play devil's advocate here about the growing industry strategy? One thing I've been noticing recently is that there's a lot of interest in lithium miners because lithium is used in batteries that will be powering electric vehicles. However, it's difficult to make money from something like lithium because it's a commodity and you might think you know it makes sense lithium batteries are going to need lithium however it's something that um, supply can be switched on very very quickly is that something to watch out for with what people might perceive as growth industries of the future
1: Well, absolutely. That's a great point that you brought up because when you're dealing with the commodities, they can have expenses that the businesses can't control. And when that happens, then the business is going to lose money. And then when that comes out, then the stock could take a very dramatic turn. And so that's a good point. So when you're doing your research, you definitely want to take a look at what types of growth you're looking at.
0: You're a believer in consistency. Talk to us about consistency in um, trading and investing.
1: For me, this has been really good. And I, this is one of the things I teach my kids. I actually call it the two C's. It's the consistency and the compounding. And if you consistently invest money in the market, and then you consistently compound those investments over time, you're going to reap the results. And so what I mean by that is say you put a dollar a day in, you put a dollar a day in a a dollar a day. You just keep doing it over and over and over and over again. And your returns, at first you might get 10 cents and you take that 10 cents and you roll it back in. Then you take that 10 cents and you roll and you just keep doing that. And the next thing you know, that 10 cents will grow to 15 cents and then it grows to 20 cents. And then the next thing you know, you're making $2 a day, you're making $3 a day. So the compounding, happens when you have the consistency to continually invest and just not give up. It sounds easy, the principle's easy, but the application is hard because, you know, things happen in life. You lose your job, someone gets sick in the family, there's an accident, you know, your car breaks down. I mean, there's just a lot of things that come up in life that can cause people to pull their money out of their investment. But if they have a focus on the big picture and on long term, if they pull their money out, they have to start that compounding process all over again. And that is not a good situation, especially when you've been doing it for like three to four years and you have to start over. That's really a big setback.
0: And of course, impatience is one of those setbacks that can happen as well.
1: Yeah, Or you want something. I've seen people do it. They've been successful and then they buy a new truck. And I'm like, you know, man, you, that was just a, a million-dollar truck you bought. A million-dollar truck. How does that work? Well, he paid $20,000 for the truck, but he pulled out all of his power, his compounding power he has to start over. And so by doing that, that $20,000 that he used to spend on the truck could have made him a million dollars in his investments. But he was so short-sighted that he didn't think that way. So let's get back to
0: your journey from um, being broke to starting all of your businesses now. Tell us about um, how you did that. I mean, I guess obviously a lot of consistency and a lot of hard work.
1: Uh, Yeah, with my cases, I was always uh, investing and doing that on the side and just basically following what I just told you, being consistent and growing my accounts, my investment accounts. However, I had to be able to fund those accounts through my job. And so when I lost my job in 2008, because there was a, a big housing crisis here and the work all dried up, I just started to write content. I'm like, I couldn't find a job anywhere. So I was like, well, might as well write what I know about, which is the markets. And so I just wrote stuff online. I found an article that said how to make $1,000 a month on a, on your website. I followed that step by step. And after I followed all the steps, I was making $1,000 a month. And when it came time for me to look for a new job, I didn't have to because the website was making enough money to provide for me and my family.
0: What was that website? What was that first one that started um, generating income for you?
1: The first website was called Winner's Edge Trading, and uh, it's not around anymore because i've launched many other ones since then and i've merged them together but it was called Winter's edge trading and uh i got very fortunate because it got picked up by like a news company so it doesn't always happen (laughs) the fortune (laughs) that i had was great uh it got picked up by a news company and they started posting my articles and i started to get traffic right away and uh i was like oh wow i can make money from this (laughs)
0: It's a great world that we live in these days, isn't it? That um, you can do so many things on the internet, so many tools that leverage your outputs. And, um, you know, podcasting is another one of those, isn't it? Tell us about your podcast.
1: Well, I love my podcast. It's called the How to Trade It podcast. The best part of it, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Phil, is talking to really cool people that know a lot of stuff.
0: It's fantastic, isn't it? (laughs) It's
1: great. That's the best part of it, isn't it? It's the most enjoyable part of my day doing these interviews. Yeah, I've learned so much. Initially, it was just part of the business to help educate the people that are visiting my websites, but then I realized, oh, this is educating myself because I'm talking to some of the best people, uh, and so I'm always trying to get, you know, just people that have great experience. And uh, it's all about trading, so there is a lot of beginning information, but there's also some advanced interviews as well, where we talk about price patterns and even you know options trading and futures trading and currency trading and uh, some crypto traders on there as well.
0: So in my introduction about you, I covered a lot of areas. Can you give us an overview of your businesses and um, what you're doing, where you are at this point now?
1: So as I have been growing in business, I realized that one of the things that I like to do is build teams. And so I find Really skilled people, and I try to build a a network of education around them. And so, one of the brands that I'm running right now is called Price Action and Income. And the the head trader there is his name's Richard Krugel. And I discovered Richard, and he was trading on his own, a professional trader. And I just said, Hey, Richard, your strategy is great. How would you like to help other people learn this as well? And he said, Sure. And so I, I built a business around that and it's going on the third year right now and we're doing really well. When I find people like that, I continually do that. So that's one of the things I'm working on. Another one is uh, trading strategy guides, which has many different trading strategies as well as another new one that just came out, which I'm really excited about, which is just stocks and that's called dream trades. And the reason I called it dream trades is because I want to help people accomplish their financial dreams. And so I thought, you know what? That would be the perfect name for it.
0: Fantastic. So what's would what you say is the most rewarding thing about starting your own business in the in the investing space?
1: I would think that the most rewarding thing is hearing the stories about people that you're impacting. You know, when you get emails from people or messages from people that are saying, yeah, thanks so much. I learned so much on this training or I was able to start my first investment or I was able to save my first $5,000 and get it into the market. You know, hearing about that kind of thing is really great because then I know my goal is being accomplished of helping people get successful in the markets.
0: So without giving too much away, obviously we don't want to share too much on the uh, the podcast, but what are some of the trading
1: strategies that um, you suggest for um, people entering the markets? Well, it's very much similar to the first one that I mentioned where I said, You find the best company, and then you find a growing industry. Very similar to that in that you find leading stocks that are trending in the right direction. And when I say trending, that just means that they've been moving up. You look at the chart, you look at the left, and then you look at the right, and you want to see the chart. You want to see them moving up from left to right. Once you find a stock that's trending, then you just wait for a little bit of a pullback. The market moves in zigzags. It goes up and down, up and down, up and down, but it needs to be moving angled in an upward direction. So when there's a downward zigzag, you want to try to buy it on a pullback, then it will continue in the rest of the upward trend from there.
0: So how much of your strategy is fundamental, looking at the underlying finances of the company, and how much of it is technical, as in
1: when you're looking at the chart and identifying the trend? When it involves my long-term investment approach, it's 100% fundamental. I will look at all the news reports, look at all the finances, look at the industry. I do really in-depth research on it. So it's 100% fundamental, but when it's on the trading side, it's actually reversed. It's 100% technical. All I do is look at charts. I don't care about fundamental information at all.
0: That's interesting because a lot of people um, look at technical analysis. Looking at charts is a little bit like astrology, but there is
1: definitely solid information that can be gleaned from that. Well, I don't know anything at all about astrology. My first analysis of astrology is a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. Yeah, But, (laughs) but with charts, there's patterns. And uh, once you do technical analysis and you analyze the patterns, you can see them happening over and over again. And then you're dealing with percentages. Other things that help you with technical trading is you understand where buyers are buying and understand where sellers are selling, where orders are accumulating, and then you try to follow those orders and follow those patterns. In nature, there's always patterns. And so it's learning to identify those patterns and using them to profit.
0: And what sort of time horizons are you looking at with these trades?
1: When I am doing a technical analysis trade, it's usually anywhere from a day to two weeks. Okay.
0: And what about on the long-term side of things? Are there any ways that you're looking at for long-term investing as well?
1: Long-term doesn't have a time limit. Uh, what it does have is if the company is not currently growing or not currently making new innovation, then I will then move it into another thing that is performing better. So I analyze the whole portfolio. I look at which companies are the highest performers and the lowest performers, and then I cut the low performers out and I add to the high performers.
0: Casey, I'd like you to give us a bit of a just a, a sales pitch here.
1: On financial freedom. How important is financial freedom? So the biggest thing that makes it so great is because I'm a big believer in personal joy, no matter what the circumstance I'm in. I can't control a lot of things around me, but one thing I can control is how I respond to certain situations. But with that being said, having finances really enables you to do the things that you want to do in life. And so I take like a month-long vacation every year to visit my family on the other side of the country. I am able to travel. Most of the things that I want to do, I can do because of my financial situation. With that being said, it was not always that way. The reason I'm able to experience this is because early on, I set some parameters. For my spending. And I said, I'm not going to spend everything that I make. I'm going to pull this 30% off the top and put it into the market. And that took discipline. And, you know, I was in the military. And so all of the other guys in the barracks with me, they would spend 100% of their paycheck. And as far as I know, I was the only one that was doing this. Right. And so, Now, because of that, I'm able to live the financial free life because of the decisions I made early on. It's
0: interesting as well, because I think people tend to self-sabotage to a certain extent, where they just believe that they're never going to have money anyway. So what's the point in trying?
1: That's very true. They're just like, I'm just going to spend it, enjoy it. It's mine. Why not enjoy it? I hear that all the time. I want to do what I want with it. And I agree with that. Do what you want. But I wanted to have money. (laughs) So I saved it, you know, and I would also say, you know, don't be discouraged if you're older. You know, my big thing is if you're older is it's never too late to start. Get started with what you have now and just do your best to make it work.
0: So Casey, how can listeners get in touch with your operations and uh, benefit from your experience and what you've
1: learned? Well, they could check me out on my website, which is CaseyStubs.com. I've got access to all my stuff there if they're newer traders and they're interested in learning to trade or even investing it's more really for beginners and based on investment strategies i created a free seven day challenge it's called the dream trade challenge where traders can go in and they can learn all the basics in seven days and that's at dreamtrades.com they just go there and sign up for the challenge on that page
0: that's fantastic casey Thank you very much for sharing your, your knowledge and uh, joining me today on the podcast.
1: Thanks, Phil. It was
0: great being on the show. Stocks for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Stocks for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. And thanks to Christopher Sulos for music production out of Garlic Breath Studio. Music flows when the money don't.